Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Megan Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. And this is True Horrors. Welcome. Why did I say that so sinisterly? <laughs> I I told Rachel last episode <laughs> I was going to have her do it. And in her defense, she didn't hesitate, but I maybe didn't. she should have. Maybe. I didn't like... <laughs> I kind of had this vibe like I'll show Meg I'll do this I'll say something right away and it just came across really aggressive <laughs> I want you guys to know that she was looking dead at me in the <laughs> Skype when she said it too right in my eyes right in my soul <laughs> just like tell she was saying welcome but that was not her tone I did not feel welcomed this is a great start I love it I'm gonna I make Rachel it. do it more often okay cool all right, guys. So I had not seen this movie, but it was one that I'd wanted to because I'd heard good things and I'd done really good at the box office. So The Possession. Rachel nobody will be surprised to know that I also had not seen this movie. Yes. Um, did really you good. like it? I did. Yeah. I liked it. It was a good movie. I liked um, it, too. Um, I was excited. I'm always excited when you have horror movies like this where I'm like, if the actors weren't as good, this movie wouldn't be as good. Mm -hmm. Like, they cast some really great actors and I was like, Ooh, like that's kind of why I was like, this can't be that bad. Like mm -hmm. there are movies with actors in it where it's like, they could not save this movie, right. but I, I had good, I had high hopes for it. And also as somebody who watches a lot of possession movies, I was excited because I'd heard it was very different than a lot of possession yeah. movies. And that really, got me excited i do love whenever a movie starts off and tells you the exact time frame i was like 29 days great i love 29 days of course you like that mm -hmm. <laughs> tell me as the movie as the credits are rolling do like the star wars words but tell me how much time has passed and how old everyone is <laughs> tell me how much time ah they've been divorced for three months officially great thank you oldest daughter <laughs> Oldest daughter who I spent the whole time going, why do I know her? Ah. And then and then I Googled her and there wasn't anything. So then I went mm. to her IMBD page and it turns out she was in an episode of Criminal Minds. And I was like, uh, there, it's that. That's how I recognize your face. I thought you were going to say you spent the whole movie going, well, we know how old the younger daughter is. How old is she? No, I was able to ext extrapolate enough that I was like, she's in high school, but she's not, she's clearly not a senior or a junior. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, she's a freshman or a sophomore. And I was like, that's enough for me. It's not like they did anything to make it seem like she was very young. And then they were like, oh, but next year I'll be going off to college. And I was yes. like, the she wasn't like driving the family car. No. So I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. This makes sense. But okay, Rachel, you and me. Mm -hmm. We loved a thrift shop. Oh yeah. We're in a, we're in a thrift shop and you see that box. Would you buy that box? Not without going, Hey Meg, what's this say? Oh my God. When she was like, first These of all, I think are so pretty. That's and a nobody language. Is like, Girl, that is Hebrew. <laughs> that is like, Hebrew. Her father is right there and he doesn't turn to her and go, it's Hebrew. <laughs> like I can't read Hebrew, but I can recognize what Hebrew looks like. It's an old ass language. <laughs> like, 
It's old. Like I knew that this was about, I picked this movie also specifically listeners because I knew it was about a Jewish spirit, but I don't know why I assumed the family was Jewish. If the family been Jewish, be too. Yeah. this would have gotten solved so much quicker because <laughs> probably at least one of them would have put that into Google Translate and been like, do not, do not touch that box. Oh, these carvings look, I was like, oh, really? You don't have one Jewish friend like in this area that can be like, that's Hebrew. Apparently they're in pretty far upstate New York. So yes, <laughs> she might yes. not. But no, like I just kept saying throughout the movie, this is what happens when you buy a box that has a foreign language carved into it. Like mm -hmm. if you just know what it says, then you can make a more educated decision about whether or not to buy the box. Yes. And in the opening with the old woman, Mm -hmm. I knew there was no way that hammer would work, but I'm glad she was at least trying. Like, mm -hmm. I'm glad she was at least trying to destroy that box. Um, Loved that house, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, this is not my business. I mean, it's no one's business, <laughs> but about like the divorce, how a divorced couple handles things. But I don't think you're allowed to dictate what they eat at his house. No. Like, you're not allowed to do that. Like, I was like, shut up. Like, so. Why would you ban pizza? Like you can put vegetables on a pizza. Also, depending on how it's made, it can be made with very fresh ingredients, yeah. like something something from a tree. As long as it's not like a really overprocessed frozen pizza, all those ingredients are ingredients. Like, yes. also, I hate the idea that if it's a plant, it's healthy. You know what else is a plant? Tobacco. Cocaine comes from a plant too. You know. Just, you know something? A lot of plants are poisonous. <laughs> I just, it was so weird because it was just like one of those things where I'm like, don't do that. Don't like say like what they can, like, that's a big thing. Like if you're divorced, then you don't get to, you know, there are some mm -hmm. things that are co-parenting and some things you don't get to dictate. Like, mm -hmm. and so I just thought that was so like, so whatever. Um, why, oh, I wrote, oh my God, she lived. That was the old woman. Yes. Yes. Um, could not believe it. And then when she's like screaming at her out the window and mm -hmm. no one does anything like there's no one no. around to be fair. The nurse tries to restrain her. I just, is that helpful? <laughs> I meant that like, no one is able to like warn that girl that maybe there's a reason for this. I just like, I get it. I don't know if they were trying to say that because he's a divorced dad that he's overindulgent because he spent $58 mm -hmm. at a garage sale or an estate sale, but like, no, you may not have that creepy box. No. Like, no. And like, I didn't even have to get close enough to read the Hebrew on the box to know it wasn't a good thing because you know what, if it's a good thing, it's a box you're able to open, Yep. but a box you're not able to open is because they don't want you to open it. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't need a language. That's just facts. <laughs> um, the car, oh, I wrote the carving is so, is so pretty. It's Hebrew. <laughs> it's Hebrew. Um, then I, I wrote this, I wrote this in really wispy handwriting. I wrote box of terrifying things. <laughs> Every think, single thing in that box was the worst thing until the next thing was pulled out of that box. My take on it was, this is definitely the coolest haunted item I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Like it's got, it's full of surprises. Mm -hmm. They're awful surprises, but it's still surprises. The, oh, so my TV is really small, but when she pulled out that tooth, I couldn't really see it very well. I was like, is that a tooth? Did you just pull a human tooth out of there? 
she's not nearly as upset about those things she's physically touching as I was upon seeing them, yeah. which also distressed me. Mm-hmm. Also, again, more of their personal lives, but do not fucking say anything to a teenage girl about her appearance. Mm-mm. Don't you dare. No. I was like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, punch him in the face. Like, they were really trying to make either of the parents seem either way, but I was mm-hmm. like, they both seem normal. Like, they both seem like normal human beings. Like, right. neither of them seem terrible. But I was like, no, you don't tell a teenage girl that she needs to have her teeth fixed when she also clearly didn't. Right. Like, stay away from my daughter's teeth. I was, I was say, like, I wrote that down. He was like, he does eventually yell at him, stay away from my kid's teeth, mm-hmm. which I thought was really funny. That's just a really funny thing to yell. It is. And it was just like, if I was those kids mother, I would have been like, don't do that. Like you Mm -hmm. don't, you don't comment on her appearance. Like, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. Like, no, it's so weird. Also, if she genuinely did have an overbite, she would have, a dentist would have pointed that out when she was much younger. Yes. And she would have gone to an orthodontist and had that taken care of. Like, you don't develop an overbite in high school. You're born with it. Yes. And so it then all you're doing is making her insecure about something mm-hmm. she's never noticed. Yes. Which like I felt really deeply from having been a teenage girl. Right. I was like, I know that when it's something that's never occurred to you and someone's like, hey, have you ever noticed? And you're like, well, now I will the rest of my life. Yeah. Now it's the only thing I see when I look in the mirror. Thank you. Yes. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Um. Also... That youngest daughter had an exhausting reaction to him killing that bug. An exhausting reaction. I get that she's a vegetarian now, but calm down. Like when he's like, it's a bug. I was like, me, that's me. But also the the older daughter's reaction, like she told him to kill it. And then as soon as he does, she's mad at him. Then he did it on her bed. The fuck was he supposed to do? That's where it was. I really felt for him. I definitely think it's one of those things with age where when you are a teenager and you're watching things like that, it's like, ugh, parents don't understand. But when you're an adult, you're like, what did you want from me? Like, (laughs) I could not take you to. I just kept being like, throw that into Google Translate. I know. Like, at some point you have to figure out that's a language. Like, at some point someone has to look at it and say that's Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't know. Like, Again, I can't read a lot of other languages, but mm-hmm. I feel like if I saw one, I'd be able to be like, that's a language because yes. of just the way that things are written. It's clearly a language of some kind. Yeah, I can look at a lot. Like, I know what Japanese looks like. I know what Korean looks like. I know what French looks like. If I see something written in those languages, I can be like, it looks like that language. Like, I'm going to I'm going to translate it. That situation with her stabbing her dad with the fork that escalated so quickly. That's what I wrote. (laughs) Because it did. She's just stabbed him in the hand with a fork. And then later when he's explaining to his wife how she's different, he doesn't bring that up. Girl, I wrote that down, too. I'm like, this isn't about her being a moody teenager. Why don't you hold up your hand where she stabbed you? Which I also agree. Like with Kira Sedgwick, I was like, I understand that divorce can be hard on children, but your daughter is behaving really out of pocket. Like, Mm -hmm. just like insane, especially considering you've been divorced for three months. Like officially, you were separated. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it's really weird because she gives Jeffrey Dean Morgan all this shit 
for being kind of absent from their lives. And she straight up does not notice that there's anything going on with her daughter until she finds her shoveling meat into her mouth in front of an open fridge on the floor at night. Well, the thing is, and I've realized now that I'm older that this is a complete Hollywood trope that doesn't exist in real life, is the idea of a divorced couple that clearly should have stayed together. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the... I have never met a divorced couple or people who are divorced (laughs) who should have been together. I have met people who are married who should have been divorced. But like most of the time, if there is something worth fighting for, people fight to stay married. They really fight to stay married. And like- It's also not that easy to get divorced. It's a long process. (laughs) Especially with kids in a house. You can start divorce proceedings and then just not follow through with it at pretty much any point. Yes. And so the fact that I was like, oh, they're going to end up together at the end of this movie because they're establishing that they're both pretty on the same level. Like, yes, they had him miss his daughter's dance recital, but I also agree. She seemed to not really notice. And also I didn't like the way that she let her boyfriend talk to her daughters, Mm -hmm. like, or talk to her when he's like policing how much wine she drinks after everything she'd been through that day. I was like, don't ever, don't ever say anything like that to me ever. I was Mm -hmm. like, no. I'm glad no. all your teeth were ripped out of your skull by a that. demon. We're get to that. But um, when the when all of the scary bugs come out of the bathroom mirror at the older daughter, mm-hmm. did you notice she had no toothpaste on her toothbrush? No. <laughs> Again, I have a really small TV. No toothpaste. So she was brushing her teeth with the like. I mean, come on, production. You couldn't have given her something to put on. I know. I mean, we're not trying to make a huge thing out of it, but there was nothing on that toothbrush. She just put it underwater and then put it directly in her mouth. (laughs) Maybe that's what Brett should be concerned about with her teeth. (laughs) Also, people did not react enough in this movie to insanity. We both, neither of us have kids, but we have Mm -hmm. nieces. If you heard a noise and opened up your niece's bedroom and she was sitting in the dark, surrounded by all those bugs, wouldn't you be more concerned than just with an exterminator? Yeah, definitely. It was so weird and creepy. And he also doesn't really bring that up. It's just Uh that, oh no, like I need an exterminator. And then Kira Sedgwick's reaction is very much like, oh, LOL, you got some bugs? Like, yes, because he's not really explaining that like, the issue is that it's her behavior. Yeah, she like, stabbed me with a fork and then she seems to be controlling bugs that I have never seen in my life. No, I just kept being like, are we gonna talk about this? And then I wrote, she stabbed you with a fork. That first scene, like that scene when he drops the girls off the first time is very weird because every time he's interacted with his ex-wife before, she's bordering on hostile toward him. Mm-hmm. And then she's really flirty in this scene. Like yes. she does a real 180. And then she 180s right back in the next scene. And I just don't understand what's going on with her. No. And again, it's that Hollywood thing where you clearly as an audience member get that they still really love each other. And mm-hmm. that like, and I'm like, I don't get why you would go through all that to get like, it seems like you were just both stubborn and annoyed with each other. Like, yeah. which like, that's not enough of a reason to uproot your children, like <laughs> get it together. Mm-hmm. Also, I find it really hard to believe with the stuff we know about Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character 
that he wasn't always like this. And so it's like, what, did you think he was going to change? Because it seems like he was always like this. Not that that's good or anything, but it's sort of like there had to be like an established thing there, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. When she's like, don't look at my box. Don't touch it. I'm like, you better go look at that box. You better touch that box. (laughs) And he did. It was the right decision. I know that in a lot of cases, people are like, children should have privacy. Not in this case, not when you're that young and you have a box like that. And you're like, don't look at that box. I'm like, nope, we need to open that box. Yeah, no, not when they're being that weird and shifty about it. Definitely thought when she put the flashlight in her mouth, I thought it was going to be one of those bugs. I did too. And then I just wrote in all caps, throat fingers. What would you do if you um, shined a a flashlight in your mouth and there were fingers in your throat? What would you do? I don't know. I would think I would light myself on fire. Like a part of me thinks I would stab myself in the throat on instinct. (laughs) Like just be like, eh. I don't know what conversation this was, but whatever I wrote, I wrote this dinner conversation is so, oh, the diner. The diner conversation was so scary. Because Miss So-and-so is dead. Also, that's another point where Kira Sedgwick is not understanding what's going on because they are really trying to explain that her daughter's reaction to this was violent and not normal. It wasn't like she got in a little fight. Like, yes. And she's in such denial about it. It's so weird because she's like, that doesn't sound like my daughter. And like, yeah, that's the point. Like Mm -hmm. that, that's why we're calling this meeting. This is not what your daughter normally acts like. I also like when they're like, oh, is there any? And he's like, we've been separated a year like that. There's something going on, but it's not that Mm -hmm. like, which honestly, most of the time it's the mother who's tuned into the kid and the father who's completely like does not see it. So it was an interesting role reversal. Yeah. Um, It was also, we talked about in, when we were doing the conjuring too, about not having the fathers around as this idea of like Mm -hmm. the family being vulnerable. It definitely felt like they were doing that with the divorce Mm -hmm. because they weren't a united front as the parents. And so that allowed the demon to take hold. Why did he not, why did he never go back to where he bought that box? That would have been my first fucking step. I definitely thought we were going to go back there and we didn't. Also, I was getting so mad at Kira Sedgwick. I was like, I need that girl to go full possession on these people. Like just full, like batshit crazy. So they know what they're dealing with. And she did not disappoint. No, she didn't. She she really took those notes. Um, The professor had some really weird energy that Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like he seemed like, weirdly excited about that box but also Mm -hmm. like he thought it was like a big joke and I'm like you don't get the energy coming off of him that like this isn't a joke to him right also I I, oh go on I just want to say what was he a professor of I don't know (laughs) because I don't establish that like you don't have to be a professor of anything to know that 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 that's Hebrew carved into the box but like no, what I don't know if he's supposed to be of language or like what he was supposed to be a professor. Because well, he mentions of. like the woodworks, like based on the woodwork, I think it's from Poland from the 1920s or 30s. Because then, if you if that's your area of expertise, aren't you just like an appraiser? Like, don't you just work for the Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> like, I feel like you can make a lot more money doing that than working as a professor. Also, he clearly wasn't a professor in anything like Jewish history or anything mm-hmm. like that, or he would have known to be more afraid. 
Also, I can't even talk about how pissed off and upset it made me when the demon made it seem like her father hit her. Mm-hmm. I was so it was genius, bone deep though. angry. I was so mad. It was genius. And having the sister there and she can't really see what's happening, uh-huh. can only hear it. Well, and like, he does kind of move his arm because yes. he starts to like move. And then when she's talking to it in like the storage area where he threw it, and like you can't hear what the demon's saying, you can only see her reaction. I love stuff like that because if mm-hmm. it's played well, it's really like what your brain fills in and stuff. And then all those bugs flew in her mouth. Yeah. Didn't yeah. like that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. Those bugs flying in your mouth or throat fingers? Throat fingers. Wait, is this me worse too. or which one I'd rather do? Which one you'd rather have? Throat fingers. Throat fingers, right? Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, also- <laughs> this is our conversation. Not even our top 10 most bizarre. <laughs> um, also, I was like, dude, are you just going to come here and try to perform an exorcism? That's hella crazy when he was coming to the house. And then he's per- try- starting to perform one. And the demon's just like staring at him with his dead o- with its dead eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you want? And I'm like, it wants your daughter. What the yes. fuck are you talking about? Yes. Like, what do you want? What all demons want. Also, I just kept saying to him, I was like, this exorcism isn't going to work because you don't believe enough. No. Like that's, that's kind of the core of the exorcism is that you have to, your faith has to be stronger than the demon's doubt. And you're not even Jewish because if yes. you're Jewish, you'd recognize Hebrew. <laughs> like I'm not yeah, even you saying you don't not... have to be Jewish to recognize Hebrew. But I'm saying you just have to have lived in the world. <laughs> okay. But when he goes to that orthodox neighborhood Mm -hmm. all i kept thinking was why are you going right at prayers because it lasts 30 to 40 minutes why are you interrupting them right then why don't you because it seemed like they were prepared to meet him Mm -hmm. and the son of the rabbi who ends up helping he was waiting for him and i'm like why are you waiting for him at the beginning of prayers and not at the end like why are you interrupting minion like i i also thought that was odd like because when he first walked up, like, I just assumed he was just, I don't know, that he was just going to ask people on the street for help. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess you're going to have to wait because nobody's on the street anymore. But then, yeah, he was waiting. Like, you think he could have been like, I mean, I know you are you don't have a whole lot of control over when you're going to be here, but do you think he could push it back a little bit? I have something planned at that time. Um, also, everyone who could help you is in prayers. Mm-hmm. So, like... But I just love how all of those Orthodox men, when he said he opened the box, just fucked off. They were just like, you're done. We're done here. <laughs> like you already, you're like, when he was like, my daughter opened it and they were all like, okay, we're done here. I also really loved how when the rabbi's son went after him, he quoted Jewish law mm-hmm. because in my head, I was like, how can you not help him, her, him, yes. whoever, you know, how can you not like, you can't refuse to help and then Mm -hmm. when he's like you can't refuse to help in the life of an innocent i was like that's damn right i'm like oh okay so everyone else had to refuse so we could have him be like it's the law like we have to help i had when he said um i think it was the rabbi when he said that it must be left to the will of god i just went oh fuck you Um, and then, yeah, when he followed, when the son followed, I was like, I bet Meg's going to have a lot to say about this scene. Well, because 
it being left to the will of God without personal interference. I mean, I don't know. I'm not orthodox Mm -hmm. and I don't spend a lot of time, but like that goes really against everything I've ever been taught. It's that like we're instruments of God. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, God is trying to help you by sending me to help you. Like that's exactly what that that, uh, scene in the West Wing is like, I gave you a news report. Like I gave you a helicopter. I gave you a boat. And yes. And helping people is the greatest of like um, the commands, not the 10 commandments, obviously, but you know what I mean? (laughs) The commands that you need to help, like love thy Mm -hmm. neighbor and help. And so just so funny. Like I was just like, oh, okay. Cause we, we need one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess if all of them had come, it would be kind of silly at that point. If it was just like <laughs> the entire minion came um, to this hospital, the mom and the sister, neither of them seeing anything until it gets absolutely crazy is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. But then when they both see that scan, mm-hmm. and there's something in there. It reminded me a lot of when we talked, not the exorcist itself, but when we talked about the exorcist, like what if they did the scan and the demon were just there? <laughs> giving them the finger. Yes. And then it was, and I'm like, I mean, it wasn't giving the finger, but it might as well yes. have been. Yes. Also, does this family have something against turning on lights in the house? Because in yeah. all these situations, no one turns on the no, lights. They don't. I guess the fridge light will be enough. Oh my God. And she just keeps breaking things. Yeah. I was going to say, especially once there's glass all over the floor, like I know you're in panic mode, but like, and I know you don't like to wear shoes in the house, which it was a thing. I, as soon as that glass hit the floor, I went, bet you wish you wore shoes in the house now, but for, for real, you need to go back and get a pair of shoes. Like that's why you're supposed to wear a sh- wear shoes into your tornado shelter in case you have to walk over broken glass when you get out, like, yes, go get some shoes. When they were carrying her around that hospital, that's exactly what a hospital's like after five. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. Like, you could just take someone and be like, we're going to go to a different area and no one would ever notice. Well, good. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, that's very realistic. <laughs> um, loved how they all had to put something in the box. Yes. Loved that symbolism. And he put the wedding rings because he still had mm-hmm. their rings. And I'm like, oh, yes, the universal symbol of he still loves you. He mm-hmm. still has both your wedding rings or his mm-hmm. wedding ring or whosoever it was. And then he put in, I mean, the rabbi's son was really going for it. He put in a watch from his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was committed. And yes. I was like, I respect that. Like I respect your commitment right now. Also, I was like, does no one notice this weird ass ring she's wearing? No, they don't. And how is she still wearing it? Because she wouldn't have been able to wear it into the goddamn MRI machine. Mm -hmm. So they had to put it back on or whatever. Whatever. Also, I guess I was wrong because I was like, when Jeffrey Dean Morgan was like, take me, take me. I was like, its name is the taker of children. Why would it fucking want you? That's what I said too. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But I definitely felt it because when they were all hugging on the floor, I was definitely the rabbi's son going, that's not right. Where is it? Like, mm-hmm. where the fuck is it? Loved it. Loved when he was fighting the demon inside Jeffrey Dean Morgan. There was just some really cool visuals there. Um, although I did not understand how he kept falling for his daughter, the demon fake crying as his daughter. I was like, are you falling for this again? Like... <laughs> My God, when he had the talus and was like protecting the girl with it, 
Mm-hmm. That's the shroud he was wearing is okay. what it's called. So when he pulled it, I thought that visual was really cool when mm-hmm. he pulled it over M. I did not care for the strobe effect there at the end. Didn't care for that. I'm not I'm not in high school anymore. I'm not into strobe lights. <laughs> that demon is though. Dibook. <laughs> yes. Dibook. It's it's into raves. Um, that's why it wants to take children so it can get a little bit older and go to raves. Also, I was like, are we ever going to talk to the boyfriend again who has no teeth? Nope. We sure aren't. Good. (laughs) Also, I just, I was standing there and in my soul or sitting there and in my soul, I was like, you're about to get T-boned, aren't you? And then you T-boned. As soon as that semi came into frame, I gasped. And then I was just, I was very upset. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is the thanks he gets. Like, he risked his life. He left his community, which I don't know a ton about Orthodox communities, but I don't think they interact with the rest of the world all that often. Mm -mm. Hence them having their own insular community. He gave his grandfather's watch to save this girl that he's never met. And this is the thanks he gets. Mm -hmm. Gets hit by a semi who can't even stop at a red light. No, it sucked. You want to talk more about how the demon took the boyfriend's teeth, which is a funny (laughs) irony. I do. I do want to talk more about that. Fuck that guy. Fuck him and his teeth. And also that whole thing happened. And once again, Kira Sedgwick's character didn't see it. She just came out. Her boyfriend was gone and her daughter was passed out. Yep. Demon is a master manipulator. Mm Mm-hmm. I just love that it's like, nope, but now they're going to be a family again. And he has no teeth. And he has no teeth. I mean, to be fair, he's got them in his hand. I think they can put them back in. I think that's a thing you can do. Oh, my God. I don't want to hold all my own teeth. (laughs) No, teeth are really creepy. Like, every now and again, I find out that people keep their kids' baby teeth. And I'm just like, why? Here's the thing I don't understand. When she did the weird garage confrontation with him Mm -hmm. i don't think he told kira sedgwick about it no he clearly didn't was that before or after he tried to send her away to an institution that was before because sending her away to the institution is what they were getting ready to do when she took all his teeth gotcha um it went showing you a single tooth and threatening you in the garage to eating meat and trying to kill my mother mm-hmm. to taking all your all teeth your and teeth. passing out. Yes. Cool. Yeah. A weird series Very. of events. Well, I mean, but no one, no one except maybe the rabbi's son at the end died mm-hmm. because they definitely were saying in the end that to get, that to get an ambulance that he was still alive. Mm-hmm. So if he lived, no one really died. Right. So we'd live. Yep. Also, we'd turn on lights and wear shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have three sources for this story. The LA Times, Live About, which I really used. Um, it was It's like a, a blog of different movie stuff, which I really used as kind of a like a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. But I want to give them credit. And um, the dibookbox.com that's how they were saying it right they were saying dibbick dibbick thank you i always my brain always autocorrects that word because <laughs> it's like when i see it spelled out in english i'm always like dibbick dibbook dibbick <laughs> but it's what do you spell out you in see it spelled out in hebrew dibbick 
Okay. Yes, but it's like just the way that it's written there. But like my brain all the goes, Dibuk, Dibik, <laughs> Dibik. So this is based on a real box. A real box. A real box. That's... Now we're gonna do we're gonna do a little timeline. Okay. Are you gonna here. tell me what's in the box? Do we know what's in the box? Yes. Is okay, good. So in July 2004, a box went for sale on eBay. Oh Jesus Christ. So it contained inside of it two locks of hair, okay, a granite slab, one dried rosebud, one goblet, two wheat pennies. No idea what that is. One oh, candle. Oh, what is it? It's a penny where instead of having the Lincoln Memorial in the back, it has like wheat, like two stalks of wheat, and it says two nice. cents. One candlestick and one dibbick. Um, and that's what it like, said on eBay. Okay, I was going to say, like the eBay description specifically told you. It yes, includes... this is what's in it. <laughs> so I need to know what the bids were. How much did you, <clears throat> did someone pay for this box? Oh, we're going to get into it. Okay, good. Um, So the seller was a Missouri college student. Um, Niztek is his last name. And he called it a haunted Jewish wine cabinet box. <laughs> so we're going to put pictures of it. But the way that it looks is very different than the box there. Like if it almost looks like it would be a jewelry box, like with the two doors that would open and one below it. Mm -hmm. But when I saw it, I thought it looked like something else, but we'll get to that. Okay. And it has, the reason I think he said wine is it has these things that look like grapes on it. They're not carvings. They're like, it's like a metal thing that yes, looks like grapes. Inlay. Yes. Hold on. What do I need to search for to see this box? I really want to tell you haunted Jewish wine cabinet box. Okay. I'm going to try it. Okay. Hold on. Totally came up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that worked. Okay. Wow. That's larger it's than big. I thought it would be. Yeah, it's big. It's, it's big. Oh, I see what you mean. Like it's not, not inlay, but like a yes. actual like brass. Yes. Thing. Brass. Yes. Okay. So it sold for $280. Wow. To Jason Hexton, who's a medical museum curator. Okay who collects religious artifacts. Okay. Now Hexton began to research it and he created the website. Okay. And he even published a book about everything he found out about it in 2011. So we're going to go back now to its okay. origins. Cool. So the box's origins can be traced to World War II. Okay. And it was brought to the U.S. by a Jewish woman who had it, but did not open it ever okay. and died um, in 2001 at the age of 103. Wow. And it was sold in an estate sale. And the man who bought it at the estate sale, sorry, there's a lot of names. It's passed through a lot of hands. The man okay. who sold it at these, who bought it at the estate sale name was Kevin Manis. So Kevin finds this box and the granddaughter of the woman who's mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that, so you got the, you got the spirit box. And he's like, excuse me. And she's like, that's what you just bought. And he's like, what? And he's, she's like, yeah, my grandma, she would always, she never let any of us open it. Um, she actually asked to be buried with it. Um, but that's against Orthodox Jewish law, which it is. So mm -hmm. her wishes were not honored, but she always can't, told can't, us. Can't you bury it like next? Wait, wait we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so that there's a spirit in it. And like, we were never allowed to open it. Hold on. Cause like the whole conversation's hilarious to I me. I just, I feel like there's gotta be a loophole here. Well, I just think you bought this box 
this creepy, creepy box. And then the granddaughter's like, my grandma was 103 and never opened it and forbid all of us to open it and said that what lived in it was an evil spirit. Have fun with that box. And he even said, like, if this is sentimental, like, you can keep it. And the granddaughter was like, nope. (laughs) So many red flags. But he was like, I don't know what a red flag is. And so he decided, and he had an antique shop. So he decided to take oh, it home. Oh, God. So he took it to his store and then went to run some errands. And he got a call from the shopkeeper. And she was a young woman. And she was hysterically crying because she oh, wow. told him that it sounded like there was someone um, in the shop. Like, it sounded then a bunch of stuff was getting broken and pushed around. Like, light bulbs were bursting. And she could hear a voice that was yes. cursing her. Yikes. So he said she had worked there for years and left and never came back and to this day won't talk about it. And he was like, you know what I should do with this box? Sell it. I should give it to my mother. Soul. Oh my God. So I what, want you what, to know- what has he got going on with his mother? Like Freud could really dig into this. So Kevin has said he bought it, but he bought it a year before he told people. So he told people who bought it in 2001, but he really bought it in 2000. Because he was afraid that if he told people, they'd figure out all the horrible things that happened to him in that year and realize it was because of the box and no one would buy it. Oh my! So God. his mother, he gave it to his mother and a couple like days later, she had a stroke, a massive stroke. And she couldn't speak, but she wrote down to him that she hated the gift. <laughs> that, she, that she wrote... She wrote something about the box being bad. I mean, in a different context, that's really funny. Yes. Like, your gift gave me a stroke. I'm writing you out of the will. I mean, my God. So he brought it home and he was like, yay. Um, but so things that this box had caused is they all say, some people say that it causes a smell that smells like jasmine and other people say it smells like cat urine. So there's like a very different smell that people, I don't know what the, it's so different. I don't know what it is that makes people smell it one way or the other. But then that same year he got raided by the FBI and then they just returned everything to him, but never gave him an explanation as to what was wrong or what he'd why they'd raided him but they took a bunch of stuff and then brought it all back do you think it's because the box kept cursing them and they were like we don't know what the curse is we're gonna give it all back (laughs) i don't know what this investigation is it is not this important do you think that do you think that the spirit like called the fbi with a fake tip like Then he lost the lease on his shop and his identity was stolen. Holy shit. So he was like, I'm going to put it on eBay. Okay. And so the original guy from this story, Neztech, bought it for $140. And he said he smelled odors too and started seeing bugs everywhere Ew. and, and malf- malfunctioning electronics. And he could see like, dark vertical objects in his vision but whenever he turned to look directly he couldn't see it i hate that so much so he was like you know what i'm gonna do put it on ebay and his roommate was a student of jason hexton's and hexton heard all these stories and was like that sounds exactly like something i want and so he bought it for 280 dollars. so at least he made a profit off this fucking thing (laughs) so he turned a profit on it 
So like, did he wait? Did he double his like money? No, he bought he it made... for one forty and sold it for two eighty. Yes, yeah. So he doubled his money. <laughs> well, and because that second eBay blew up, okay, like it blew up. Like you can still see the original ad, um, because people had a lot of questions. So mm -hmm. it has caused from its owners horrifying nightmares, the seeing of shadowy apparitions, and health problems, and. Yeah. One of them said that their hair started falling out after they got it and they did blood tests and there was nothing wrong with them physically. They were just, their hair was starting to fall out. So in clumps. So Hexton starts this website to collect mm -hmm. information about it. And he said like he had to change his number because so many people were calling him and emailing him. He had to change all this stuff. And he said there was one person who contacted him who begged him to take down the website because they said it was like giving the spirit more power mm -hmm. to put images of it online. So he had rabbis come over and um, different producers talked to him about movies and stuff. And like, so when he found out that the director, Sam Raimi was making this movie, mm -hmm. he offered to send him the box or to allow him to have the box on set. And Raimi said, no, well, absolutely not. No, thank you. No. Why would you want that? No, I don't um, know. The day after Hexton bought it, he woke up with his eye looking like someone had poked it. Like it had that red broken, mm -hmm. like someone had poked it. So, you know. So an Orthodox bookkeeper, um, Rebecca Ardy, um, Eardy, helped to figure out what the original purpose was in the box, which is what mm -hmm. I thought it was. It's a holy closet, which like, that's where we keep the Torah. Oh. So it looks like, to me, it looked like where you'd keep a Torah, but very mm -hmm. small. And she said, it's for tiny Torahs that travel when you have to go to the house of somebody who a family member has just died. So, but that in somebody tiny must have Torahs. trapped a spirit. Yeah. I'm somebody sorry, must I'm have. Somebody must have, um, I just imagine unrolling those tiny things and trying to read it. Because also Torahs have to be handwritten. I don't know and if you also, know this, but they're handwritten. So yeah, you've you've mentioned that. Um, but now when you say tiny Torahs, are they tiny or are they just like like how how tiny are we talking? They'd have to that fit box, in that box. I was gonna say that box was pretty big. Yeah, well, I mean, compared to a real one, which like would be too heavy for me to lift. Okay. Like real ones are really big. Okay. I guess these would be real too if they're holy. They're just <laughs> regular sized. Um, but so her thing was whoever put the spirit in there with all those objects and stuff, which were like tokens from a family, mm -hmm. was trying to trap it. So what they think needs to happen is it needs a Jewish burial. It needs to be buried on its own with like a minion and everything like, okay. and he's like, nah, I think I'd rather just have a bunch of ghost shows come over and try to figure out what's wrong with it, which they've definitely done. Like it still exists. He still has it. And when you go to the website, it's like different links and stuff. And some mm -hmm. of them are to different ghost shows that have come and taken a look at it. So that's, that's it. And it's still there, still out there, which like, here's what I want to say about this. Mm -hmm. Like, because when I was reading the LA Times thing mm -hmm. and they were doing like the balancing of the idea that it's like a hoax. Right. My thing was they thought they were like, it's a hoax because like 
why would all these people buy something that they, or keep something that they know is haunted? And I'm like, have you never met a human person? Mm -hmm. That's the least surprising thing. That was mm -hmm. the reason, which obviously there are actual reasons you could think this isn't real, but their big thing was why would people keep buying it? Why do people buy Charles Manson's artwork? Like, yes, I was like, that's the least that's the, like the smallest problem. I have no problem with the idea that people keep spending human money on this. Like mm -hmm. just over and over again, keep buying it. Like Literally, this season, we talked about a haunted doll that has its own museum that people bake things for. We have talked about multiple haunted houses that people buy to live in. Yes. Like they're either doing it because they're obsessed with it or because they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like that's why, whereas me and you, like I would never pay money for something people think is haunted. No. Why would I pay money to have myself cursed? Yes. Okay. Uh, at, I'm, at, I have so little money to spare. I think I'm going to spend it on a curse at best. At worst, you're cursed by a demon or a spirit or whatever. At best, you just have a stupid box. You just have a stupid box. <laughs> like, and I'm yeah, but it's a, a big box. You could put a lot of things in it. It is. It was surprisingly big, which I get why they changed that. Cause this little girl had to carry it around. Mm -hmm. It was still pretty big, like in her mm -hmm. arms, but so dumb when she walks up to her father with that box and he's just like, yeah, you can get that box. Even though we don't know when he shakes it and you don't know what's in it. I'm like, you're not concerned at all of what could be in that for your daughter to see your very, very young daughter. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is why she divorced you. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. So do you know what the current owner keeps in that box? The same stuff that was in it. The same stuff that was in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Didn't like clear it out and like turn it into a little coat closet. No, because Doesn't again, he's the one Torres in it. No, because again, he's the one with the website. So and who wrote the book about it. So like, no, he kind of keeps it as is. Okay. But I did see one thing when I was looking at the pictures and it looks like they were like disassembling it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what do you think that's gonna do? Because it's not the box that's cursed. It's something in the box. Yes. The, I mean, if you take the box apart, like then the thing has nowhere to live. You're giving it more space you're just pissing it off it's like really <laughs> yeah um all right so it seems like just yesterday but next week will be our final episode of season two yay so this is a joint episode but we are not going to do two movies like we did last season oh. rachel's shaking her head we learned Never our lesson again. we did but we will be doing one movie and both telling stories for it and that movie is rachel a nightmare on elm street <laughs> yes I usually leave out us and does when I like say stuff. So. I can't, we've talked about how I can't do that because my brain doesn't know if I want to say a nightmare before Christmas or the <laughs> nightmare on Elm street. You see, I did it again. Yeah. It's the Elm street one. We're watching OG. <laughs> um, and oh. we'll be watching that. So, uh, make sure to follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram, um, and feel free to comment or let us know some of your favorite season two moments. Um, and we will be season two movies. None of them. <laughs> None of them. Um, and, uh, we will be, uh, back in your feed next week with the finale. Goodbye. Goodbye.